Hello and welcome to the Living With Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Simone Denny, and I'm here to uncover how we find more joy, greater fulfillment and deeper purpose in our lives. I will be sharing my own journey as well as insights from thought leaders and everyday people who are living with purpose and have created a life they truly love. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I'm so happy to be back here on the show. I've had a bit of a hiatus on the podcasting front and it's super exciting today to have such an interesting guest who's going to talk about how your genes can impact your purpose and the whole future of personalized health. So over the past year or so, I've become really fascinated with how our environment can impact our gene expression. So how certain genes genes are switched on and off within our lifetime based on external factors such as food and stress, climate, exercise, mindset. And this is the study of what they call epigenetics. So what I've learned in my training in this area is that when it comes to health and wellness, there's no one size fits all. Every single one of us on this planet is completely unique and we come with a a very unique biology. So our bodies and our minds respond differently based on our genetic makeup. And personalized health means finding the way that your unique body and mind thrives based on your genetic makeup. On the podcast today, I really want to welcome you to the CEO of PH360, Dr. Cam McDonald. And Cam is a dietitian, an exercise physiologist, PhD scholar, and a leader in personalized health. And I've been fortunate to train to become a coach with Cam, a health coach in this area over the past year. And his passion, depth, of, and his depth of knowledge in this area is just second to none. Cam is currently on a mission to support and change our health industry from one of generic to genetic. So what this means is helping health professionals and the general community to understand that we need to personalize health to truly make a positive difference to prevent and reverse chronic disease. So every person on the planet needs something slightly different from the next person. As Cam says, everyone has a different currency for what health looks like. It might be weight loss, it might be more energy, it might be a calmer mind. And this program, PH360, is a really holistic approach designed around the individual health needs. Together we're going to talk about what is PH360, why we need personalized health solutions, what is epigenetics, how do we find out what body type we are and what are the characteristics of those six body types? And I find this bit really interesting because then you can start to understand, you know, different members of your family, why they are like they are or people you work with or even your children. Um, you can start to see how genetically different we are and, and why we are like we are. So we're also going to talk about chronobiology and the impact that has. Um, We're going to talk about health benefits and how personalized health is um, changing the way practitioners work with patients and the future of personalized health. And finally, my personal favorite, we're going to talk about how your genetic makeup impacts your purpose. And this, for me, uh, I get very passionate about this area. So it's all about how, you know, what you were born to be in this world based on your genetic biology. It's a really great talk. If you're interested in kind of working with me a bit more on this or understanding how coaching works, just give me an email or um, yeah, send, send me a message through my website and I'd love to share. I've got some um, kind of discounted options for people who are looking at maybe digging deeper into this program. Without further ado, I'm delighted to welcome Campbell McDonald. Welcome to today's podcast. I am delighted to welcome the very knowledgeable Dr. Cam McDonald to the show today. And I think Cam is probably thinking I'm a bit of an opportunist because I nabbed him at our recent Coaches Mastery series on personalized health, which was held in New Zealand and um, kindly asked him to be on my podcast to share some of his amazing knowledge on personalized health. 
And I was actually thinking as I was getting ready for this podcast, like how does this relate to this podcast, which is called Living With Purpose. And mm. I really feel like this is the ultimate way to live with purpose because this program is really a personalized way to um, be aware of what you're putting in your body, how you're moving your body, what is best for your mind and um, for you socially and for all the things we're going to talk about today, but how to do that in a really purposeful way that's really designed just for your body. So I'm really looking forward to unpacking all of that with Cam. So welcome, Cam. Oh, it's great to be here, Simone. It was really, really great because uh, obviously we've spent a couple of weekends together now at the um, Personal Health Retreat and then also the Mastery Series. It's always been fun. Yeah, it's great. We even got you to Waiheke, which is quite exciting. <laughs> yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. So can you just share a bit about how you've come to do what you do today? Yeah. Um, well, it started out actually in very uh, meager beginnings. I um, just love sports. And actually, I have to say the frame is my mum had a healing center for 30 years while I was growing and she'd have lots of different facilitators coming through. So I got exposed to a really interesting alternative health. And then my dad was a dentist and he was doing some really incredible things where he was changing how the bite was structured and how that influenced the whole body's biomechanics. So I had this really interesting health focused parent uh, situation going on. And then as I went through school, um, I'd always just gravitated towards the health side of things and then ended up doing health and sports science because I also love sports and um, definitely avoided as much university as I could in the first two years. And then um, in the following two years after that, I got introduced to the idea that you could reverse disease with exercise. Uh, and so it got me really interested, diabetes in, in particular. And so I then went and studied my master's in dietetics and nutrition on a whim. Like it, one day I wasn't even doing dietetics. The next day I was flying to the Gold Coast to interview at the university um, got the got the interview, and um, so I did my two years masters in dietetics, and this was all still really understanding physiology and how the body works, and then got out into a hospital job where I was doing like a you know, cardiac rehab and pulmonary, and really I found my passion in trying to counsel people into long term change when no one like no one in hospital that's their focus. It's all about can they get through today? You know, just spend as little time as possible because I don't remember anything. Um, and I just found myself a little bit frustrated. And so I ended up, you know, not doing my PhD one, uh, one day and then the next day signing up for my PhD in nutrition and exercise and how they work together to support breast cancer survivors. Mm -hmm. And then through that journey, because you've got a lot of time on your, on your hands, a lot of time on your hands as a PhD student, and I started getting into so, like the science of the brain and how the brain works and how we can create quick wins for people rather than long-term change, but you get the long-term change from the quick wins. So I got really interested in just the whole picture of health and always the emotional side of things had been really interesting to me. And then now, um, you know, PHRC came into my, into my field of, uh, uh, of awareness. And um, I was just, uh, that morning I was on a, a call with a genetics company. And then that afternoon, just randomly, I ran into the leading epigenetics CEO, uh, Matt Riemann, who I didn't even know who he was. He was just in his role as physio at that point, started talking to me about how we're integrating personalized nutrition and exercise and environment, like the, the physical place that you're in, your social life, your heart rate variability, your, how your mind works, and it's all under one roof and it all works together. And I was just saying, whatever it is that this is, I have to be involved because it's everything that I've been after. Because I noticed that in all of my practice, and because I was working in private practice, it was just people that wouldn't respond. And there was people who were coming in with diabetes and they were so motivated on, on fixing it. And so, and, and I would get some results with some people, but then eventually using the platform and really understanding what's right for the person. Now we actually reverse it very, very easily. You know, just yesterday I had a client in who'd come from 15 blood sugar levels down to five in four weeks. Wow. Um, and he's starting to come off all these meds and it's just following a really simple thing is what's right for the body. So, um, you know, my interest has always been in health and now I know my real purpose is to, well, what I've been developing is, is my real purpose of making sure that people understand the information that's relevant to them, but also have the tools to be able to apply it. And they're also inspired to apply it as well. You know, the big part of the thing is that people know what to do, sort of, a lot of people don't, but 
they think they do, and they still don't apply it. Um, and so this idea of application and people reclaiming who they are, which is actually found in our biology, that's been one of the most powerful things because it grounds all of this incredible kind of personal development, emotional development, emotional awareness stuff right down into your DNA and your cells. So this journey now that I'm on is, is educating people like yourself and educating general population um, just to make sure that they can understand who they are so they can get the best health for their body and so they can then also help others create that environment around themselves as well. Yeah. Mm, I love that. And when you speak and facilitate, you can just see your passion behind it and you can see that you're totally on purpose because it just obviously fills you with so much energy. And I know that's in a group and also one-on-one, the, the differences that you're making for people, which is, which is what it's all about. So can you share about the, what PH360 is for people who might not have heard of it? Yeah, yeah. So well, PH360 is probably best to start with. It's an understanding or a philosophy. And the philosophy is that everyone is unique. Every single person on the planet is unique. Identical twins are not the same. They are unique. They're different. And you only need to hang out with identical twins for a moment to know that they argue about stuff all the time. Um, but every single person is different. And, also, and to, to make sure that that person is as happy and as healthy as possible, they're going to need an environment that is unique to them as well. Mm. And so uh, 20 years ago, there was a, a mission that was set out on to eliminate chronic disease and pain by the year 2050 and to bring people to their ultimate health. And uh, we reverse engineered, well, I wasn't part of that process, unfortunately, but I've been very fortunate to be part of the last um, half a decade or so. Um, they reverse engineered, if we're standing there at 2050, what are we going to need in order to reverse, to, to reverse all of this disease and to make sure that the population we're standing in front of doesn't have it? And so it's, and now we've gone about putting that into action over the last, you know, very actively over the last 10 years. Um, and so part of that mission is, um, is the, the health and medicine side of things, which is the PH360 application, which measures your gene expression and tells you exactly what your body needs to be in its best health. We're also using the same principles in education and in parenting so that you can create the right environment for your child with their unique being as well so that they can then, because this is the generational thing, if we change this generation, then we end up just rolling over without this disease at the other end of the generation. Um, I love that. I mean, I love that part as well, Cam. I mean, I know that would resonate with a lot of parents who have, you know, two children who have totally different body types and totally different personality types and it's and then as a parent you've got a different biotype and then it's kind of understanding well how do I relate what do they what do each of these kids need and I mean it it kind of there's so many layers of where you can take this personalized health isn't there exactly and we're doing the same thing with gyms and with workplaces like we spend a third of our life at work and if you can create that to be an environment that's healthy for you it makes a huge difference Um, and then, you know, obviously all of this is driven by people finding out who they are and the, the tool that's been developed over the last 20 years and still improves and improves and improves has been the work of about 20,000 case studies, um, taking incredible amounts of data and essentially shifting the paradigm in health to help us understand how your digestive system is related to your brain and your brain is related to your your muscle tissue and your bone tissue and how all of your system is growing together. And if we understand the trajectory of your growth, which we do through the very simple assessment, um, simple to conduct, very complex to calculate, um, then we actually get a complete understanding of what your body needs, uh, how your body is, is developing and its natural strengths. And this is the real thing about purpose um, is that, you know, for me, purpose is very much about, if you know what you're here for, like what you want to do on the planet, um, and then you apply your genius, your natural strengths, which is doing things the way you're supposed to, then that's where we really find flow. Uh, and that's, if you understand all of that, and this is essentially what the PH360 technology does, it helps you understand what your biology is going to say about your mind, about your food, about your exercise, so that you can predict exactly what you need to do to put your body into the best health it can be today. Mm. Um, it's, it's, and it's been, you know, paradigm shifting for me. I came from a very clinical, very research oriented background. I was, uh, and really investigated it. And now 500 clients later, it's, I, I don't even take clients on unless 
uh, they've, they've done this assessment. Even with all of my knowledge, there's no way I can calculate you know, how much spinach they need uh, based on the weather right now, but the technology can do that. Mm, yeah, it's, it's, it's just um, fascinating once you start to learn that every, every body type needs to be treated very, in a very individualized way, and that's not really how our traditional Western medicine has really worked. It's kind of been a one-size-fits-all. I mean, I guess if you look at Ayurvedic medicine or Chinese medicine, they're a bit more personalized. And I know that that, this program brings in some of those traditions, Mm -hmm. doesn't it, along with medical research? Yeah, yeah. They essentially sort of started with a blank sheet of paper and they started, they took the principles from Ayurveda and Chinese and Western and they just started dropping them onto paper and looking at the cases that would came through, measured them very accurately And they said, okay, well, for this very large cluster of people, these principles aren't relevant. So we're going to throw those out because they're outdated or they weren't based on good good evidence or they weren't based on good relationships and good premise. Um, And in that way, they've essentially been able to take the the huge advancements we have from Western medicine and and really analyze, you know, the the wisdom that the the, uh, Eastern medicine has. And so it's that combination. It's not one versus the other. One's right, one's wrong. They've both got incredibly powerful mechanisms within them and used together, uh, they are super powerful. So the, um, the platform really, it's uh, agnostic. It doesn't subscribe to any particular type of treatment. It's just about let's define the person in front of us and then what they need, irrespective of the frame that you're looking from. So it's, mm. um, it's in that way, it's much more about the person than the practitioner or, or the medicine, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think it is almost like a really big relief to be told that as well, because I think so many of us are told, you should eat this diet, no carb diet, and this will work for everybody, or you should exercise first thing in the morning, and you should do this, and you will look like this. And then when you realize that actually every single person has a a different way you know, of dealing with their environment based on what they are genetically here to do. It's almost a relief because you're like, well, now I don't need to keep fighting with something that often doesn't feel that natural to to you to do anyway. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's Mm. the, um, it's, it is incredibly relieving at talking to people about what their body's designed to do. And they, it, it it gives them permission to be who they are as well, which is a, a really powerful thing. Yeah. yeah. So I just wanted to move on and talk a little bit about epigenetics for people who mm. maybe don't know much or, or people who are quite interested in it. How is this used in creating personalized health solutions? So epigenetics uh, in brief terms is, is the, all the activity that's happening around or outside your genes. So you have your, your genes or your genotype or your DNA, whatever you, your word you want to use for it, but your you have these very hardwired, they don't change ever through your life, your DNA strands. And they, depending on how your DNA strands are structured, it creates genes. And so you have your genes that are consistent throughout your life. Um, but then what's really interesting is that your genes turn on or turn off based on the environment. If, if we remove the environment, if we don't have any external stimulus coming in and we've just got genes in a Petri dish, which is essentially what we are in our mother's womb, we're just genes, it's the environment that changes the way something develops. If you, if you didn't put the environment around it, the, D, the DNA wouldn't do anything. They do nothing until they're stimulated from the outside. So really what the most important thing is, is what's coming from the outside. And that's epigenetics. So, and a really simple example, and there's, there's a few grades of epigenetics. So uh, the first one is the really quick changes that happen you know, in the moment. So you walk into a fridge and you get cold and you start shivering. And so that creates a... Uh, an epigenetic change. Your genes now code for, I've got to warm my body up because I've sensed that the environment is cold. I'm going to adjust to that. Your genes are always adjusting to the environment. Mm -hmm. Then you walk out of the fridge, go into a sauna, you start sweating. Your genes that were saying, hey, you should cool down or you should warm up now say, you've got to turn off. And so they get signaled to turn off. And then your other genes come on. Boom, here we go. And now we're going to start sweating to adjust for this sauna. Now that happens the same thing with caffeine. It really heightens your... The, your genetic release of dopamine and your methylation pathways that really get you attentive and focused. Uh, it also happens with a stress, like a mental stress that comes in. You get uh, a, a formational change that produces more stress hormones in your brain so that when, you know, and that has effects on your body. So that instantaneous epigenetic changes that 
your genes are like this. You get presented a different environment and your gene expression, which is what we call your phenotype occurs. Now, if you, let's say that you sit on a couch for three months and your gut gets bigger, for example, which is often what happens because your body says, oh, my best environment right now is me sitting down. So I'm going to get really, really good at sitting down. What do I need to sit down? Well, I don't need this muscle. That's a waste of time. And I need more fat tissue because that's going to hold me on the chair better. Your genes adjust to the environment. Mm -hmm. And what we know after six weeks or something, you know, any, any period of time like that, your waste is going to increase. And that's a, a phenotype, a gene expression, uh, essentially saying predominantly over the last six weeks, you've been doing something that's made you put weight on around your waist and your genes have been turned on to assist that. And so just taking a waist circumference before and after tells us about your gene expression because it tells us of the average over the last six weeks. Mm -hmm. Then it even gets more exciting with um, your bone development. So your bone development happens over you know, 16 years, 16 to 18 years. And because those changes happen very slowly, and because bone structures are completely different from different people, we get an insight into what hormones and what gene variations does this person have naturally that's creating longer or shorter bones, thicker or thinner bones. And so your skeleton actually holds like an epigenetic history over the last 16 years. And it actually tracks back to the embryo where there's incredible things happening when you're an embryo about how your development projects out and your trajectory for growth actually happens, you know, in the first, uh, first few months of your, your existence. Mm. And so what's really interesting there is that you can smoke, like your mother can smoke, obviously you probably can't smoke as an embryo, but um, you, your mum can smoke during pregnancy. That will actually change genes on in her and it'll change genes on in the embryo and it will change genes on in the embryo of the, or the, the eggs of the embryo if it's a female as well. And so you can have a situation where one smoking incident can actually inc or not one smoking, but a, 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 a smoking history can create an asthmatic increased risk for the next three generations. Mm -hmm. And so there's genes that turn on for a long time. There's genes that turn on for a short time and our phenotype, the things that we're expressing our blood pressure, the look of us, the size, the shape of us, all of those are indications of what our genes have expressed. Some of them are long-term expressions like our bones. Some of them are short-term expressions like our anxiety, for example. So epigenetics is very broad, um, but it's, it, hopefully that gives you a bit of a summary of how it all, all sort of comes together to form who you are. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's another thing that's kind of reassuring is that through our environment after the womb, through how we live our life we can switch on and off those genes and we can do things that maybe if your mother did smoke and you have asthma by changing your environment by what you eat and do you can change that right um you might not be able to change things like how tall you are but um yeah well, actually, it depends <laughs> but yes you're absolutely right so um generally what we know about the diseases around the world right now nine about 99 percent of them based on um a few experts in this area's opinion, 99% of the diseases that we have in the world are environmentally based. So how the environment is influencing our genes, not your genes. And then when, we come, when it comes to what we can change about our health, essentially 80% of our health is going to come from how we can change our genetic expression. Mm. So there is so much up for grabs. So if you've got someone who's got even a rare, you know, rare genetic conditions, you can turn those genetic conditions off in some cases and in particularly things like diabetes, which there's genes related to diabetes, but you can have all the genes for diabetes, but exercise regularly and eat the right types of foods at the right type of time and have the right type of family environment around you. And you'll never turn on those diabetes genes. Mm -hmm. um, but then you go through a period of stress and they might switch on. But this is where if you understand who your body is, what it, what it is, what, what it requires, then you can be very specific about what changes uh, that you make so that you can turn the right genes on essentially. And, and that's exactly what, what we achieve when we're, we're doing things that are right for our body through pH. Yeah. Sure. PH what, pH. yeah. What I like about it is that you can do these measurements and then it goes through an algorithm and it kind of tells you what you're predisposed to, to have or, you know, positive and negative, right? So you can start preventing, but also, um, the opposite just kind of really thrive as well. 
Yeah, and probably, yeah, exactly. We don't spend too much time uh, predicting disease for people in their platform. Um, but what we do is we tell them exactly what they've got to do to make sure they can prevent it the best they can. Because at the end of the day, if a doctor comes up to you and says, oh, you've got a 40% chance of cancer and a 30% chance of diabetes, there's always the question, well, what then? Mm -hmm. And PH360 is the what then? Mm -hmm. So you might have um, diabetes right now. You might have a risk of cancer and some people, like taller people, naturally have a higher risk of at least six cancers. So you can't do much about your height, mm -hmm. but it's about the what then. And PH360 provides the what then. So it's like, oh, you know, I've got this, I've got this marker and I've got this marker. It's like, yeah, so what then? And it's, it's the, how many times you're eating this food and it's when you should eat that food and it's how, how often should you exercise and what type of exercise should you do? It's, uh, we're very much about the action so that people can be aware of who they are but know exactly what to do about it. And then the, the Shea app is an interactive virtual like a health assistant that reaches into your profile and says, like even today, in about half an hour, I'm going to get a, a notification saying, hey, Cam, it would be really good for you to consider having lunch like in the next hour or so because it's going to mean more productivity through the day. And my brain is geared for productivity. We'll talk about that in a minute. But um, even talking to me in that language makes me want to get up and make lunch because I was like right in the middle of work and I was like, you know what? I want my productivity to increase. So I'm going to go have some lunch. I love um, that because so I'm, for me, I get a little message that says, oh, it's nearly lunchtime. What, what would you like to choose for lunch? You've got such a broad selection of all these things because I like lots of choice in my biotype that I am. So I'm like, oh, great. Someone's suggesting lots of different options for me. So it's, and, and we kind of can move on maybe to those biotypes and yeah. um, those body types and what that means and how, you know, how do we, how do we find out what our biotype is and what is a biotype? Well, the, the technical term is health type, but, and then the, we use the science of biotypology to, to help inform that. Um, so essentially to, to determine your health type, you need to go through a, um, it takes around about 45 minutes. It depends if you're getting assisted by someone like you who's trained up to deliver it. Normally you can get through the assessment at about, 40 minutes and then if you're doing it at home maybe you leave yourself an hour to do it but essentially it just involves measuring really important markers of epigenetic expression so your your bone structure is something that we look at very closely and then we go through a very extensive very interesting uh 68 item questionnaire that talks through like your developmental history your disease history your family medical history and lots of different behaviors things that represent how your body has expressed um, throughout its life and so that information is brought together and instead of waiting two weeks to send off a saliva sample the technology with all of that information is actually being able to reverse engineer back onto um, your genetic your genes and what they're expressing right now so we don't need any bloods we don't need any saliva and this this confuses a lot of people um, but we set out 20 years ago to say how can we make this accessible and affordable and we know that if you've got green eyes and orange hair, we know that you've got the MC1R variant. We know you do because that's the only gene that can, comes up with this combination. So there's genes for your skin tone, your eye color, your hair color, uh, you know, even how, like there's 1500 genes associated with how tall you are. There's over 40 genes associated with your waist to hip ratio. And so we, from the outside of your body, we can essentially um, measure the inside of your body and understand what it needs. And so out of this, there are, there are six major health types um, that are classifiable and they develop in a very predictable way. Their bone structure develops in a predictable way because of the hormones and the genes that have influenced that group of people to be a certain size and shape. Mm -hmm. And so um, we know that everyone is different within those six types. Um, but even just the idea that there are six different physiologies is really news to a lot of people because everyone thinking, I just need to follow the guidelines. I need to follow the generic advice for everyone. And that's not the case at all. So um, these health types after, you know, 20 seconds of calculating on the internet, which is pretty cool. Um, you'll, you'll understand exactly what your individual profile is, but you'll also understand what your health type is and your health type speaks to, the hormonal dominance that you've had throughout your life, which is very much related to your environment and your genetics. And we know that if, you know, let's say one type of body is the activator, uh, they've got higher levels of testosterone and adrenaline throughout their whole life. 
And so everything about their life is about searching for testosterone and adrenaline. They like risk. They like challenge. They like high intensity interval training. They get really hangry, uh, you know, because their metabolism is just very different with all this testosterone, but they're also shorter in stature as well. And they're fiery. Um, and this is because of the hormonal balance hasn't just influenced their bone structure, which it does, influences their muscle growth, which it does, but it also influences how their brain develops as well. You only need to know about a menstrual cycle to know that hormones change the way your brain works. Mm-hmm. Well, just imagine being exposed to slightly more testosterone than the next person for 16 years. You would get a real safety in feeling testosterone because that's normal for you. Whereas the opposite end of the spectrum for that, and this is where we find a lot of women as well, um, particularly frustrated women who have had a lot of trouble with their body trying to stay on track or lose weight or do it in a way that feels easy. We've got on one hand, the really high activity, high intensity, early bird type body. And then on the other hand, we've got a night owl body that likes two to three meals a day, that likes taking the morning really easy, that likes lifting heavy weights and doing low to moderate cardio. Uh, their brain works a lot steadier and are not into the, you know, the fast-paced change of direction as much. But the world is trying to live like activators. And so these our diplomats down the other end are just in complete conflict. They have to wake up early. They have to get their jobs done. They have to do things really quickly. They have to adjust all the time. They have to rush. They have to do X, Y, Z. And so this is not good for their physiology, but their brain is very strong and they convince themselves that it's okay. But in fact, their body is asking for something else. In the meantime, they're just going to hold a bit that weight because their weight is a protection. And so that's, that's two of the types. And then uh, would you want me to just go through the other four yeah, as well? Yeah, I, I, think, I think it'd be interesting and just to see if um, our listeners can resonate and yeah. with any of these. Um, Definitely. And, and some of you out there are going to be thinking that I'm like all of these people. Um, and this is where it's best to think about someone that you kind of know. And if you kind of know them, they'll go, yes, that's exactly them. So you know yourself so intimately, sometimes you get a bit confused. Um, and that's where the full profile will navigate exactly which parts of each one you are, because you're not just one type, you're a combination. And so we then have the guardian. The guardian is the body that holds the most amount of fat tissue, the most amount of muscle and bone. They've naturally got a bigger, uh, stronger body. They are the strongest and most resilient body. And you only need to think about a mum uh, who's always carried weight their whole life. Um, generally not, not necessarily, uh, tall and all they want to do is give, all they want to do is give to their family and take care of people. And this is because their body's higher in prolactin and they want to feel prolactin, uh, to feel normal and prolactin is a nurturing hormone. So they need to be nurturing in order to feel it. And so when you're constantly wanting to give and nurture, your body has to set up a safety mechanism because you'd run out of food if you gave everything away. And the safety mechanism is insulin and a slow thyroid. And so this body has a slightly lower thyroid function. It has a lot more insulin resistance. And so for any given, like when, when a guardian walks past a bakery, they put on three kilos just smelling the wheat, right? Whereas a skinny person's working behind the counter, they can be eating bakeries all day and they seem to lose weight. This guardian body, because they are, they are designed hormonally to give and to nurture, their body has to compensate by being very good at conserving and protecting energy itself. And so this is what one of the frustrations with a lot of people who fit this, this health type is that they are constantly wanting to give. They're constantly stressed about their weight, but the stress tells them that, oh, geez, I've got to look after my family more because they must be stressed too. And then that stress then says, well, I've got to conserve energy because um, if I'm stressed, then everyone must be stressed and I'm the most resilient and I'm the strongest. So, well, I've got to conserve all of my weight now because if we go through a famine, which is what our genes are designed for, is to be stressing about famines, not stressing about the car being scratched. But when we're stressing about famine, uh, the body will go, okay, well, I need to hold as much as possible. I need to slow my metabolism down. I need to exercise less. I need to eat more so that when the famine comes, I can give all of my food away and not eat. It's the most selfless body. And we get, you know, these skinny people pinned up, which, and there's no problem with skinny people, no problem, because they're just another type, pinned up as this is how a body should be. Yet the only reason those people are alive is because a guardian, once upon a time, had enough food and didn't need to eat and gave it to them because they were about to die. And so it. it's, 
it, and it's so important that all of these strengths of each of the health types have an incredible role in the community based on their hormones. So the activator, the really fiery one, they are designed to go out and hunt stuff. They are designed. That's what their body's supposed to do. Whereas the diplomat is designed to be the hiker, the, the person who goes for the very long walks to search for new camps and to carry big packs and to carry children and to work and hard labor. And then the guardians are designed to be nurturing and to be physically inexhaustible so that they can just keep looking after people and keep working. And then we have uh, the crusader, which is the opposite of, of uh, guardian. So we've got the prolactin, which is the guardian, the nurturing. And then we've got the crusader, which is the, the dopamine driven um, marathon runner, essentially. And when you look at prolactin and dopamine, prolactin is all about caring about other people. Dopamine is about caring about yourself. And so we have some bodies that are designed to nurture. And of course, we have the other opposite to that, which is people who are looking to further themselves as much as possible. And, and that's so, you, isn't it, Cam? You're, you're a crusader too. You this is me. Yeah, this and is it's me. my husband and so, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we'll see a lot of men fit this category. 60% of the crusaders are men. And I would say in, in, in uh, populations like Australia and New Zealand, uh, the predominant uh, crusaders are going to be men. And what dopamine makes you do, you think about a horse, generally they've got skinny legs and they can have a bigger upper body, but they're taller as well in often sense, but they can, they can be quite evenly distributed throughout their body like a, a marathon runner. And so when you've got dopamine driving your brain, what it demands from you is you need to have a big vision because big vision, what a big vision does is it creates this big carrot in the sky that you can chase after. And when you've got a big carrot to chase after, that's when you get given all of your dopamine. And this is a body that's designed to feel dopamine all of the time to feel normal. And so if you're with a crusader right now, they will have their sights set on something in the future. They will have their blinkers on like a horse and they will be charging towards it. And when you have dopamine focus, you are not worried about other people. You are worried about getting the job done, you're worried about productivity, you're worried about efficiency, you're worried about making sure you're doing the right thing. And so you'll be very skeptical as well. But also you can shut, you can shut down some of your emotions too. And so because you need to be very logical and compartmentalized to achieve your goal in the most strategic way possible. Um, and so this can feel like they have an outer shell and they're hard to crack. And like the perfect example of a situation for a crusader is... Um, uh, the, the, the partner goes, like the, the wife goes, we'll just say the crusaders are male in this situation. The wife goes, oh, why don't we go to the beach on Sunday? And then the crusader in his mind goes, like the, obviously the wife's coming to say, let's just have some really great family time. I want to share time with you. And the crusader goes in his mind, okay, so what we've got, we've got a 12 o'clock lunch on Sunday, don't we? Yeah, this is in his mind. So I've got, we've got a 12 o'clock lunch on Sunday. Normally we don't get out the door till nine. It's a 45 minute trip to the beach. Normally it takes us 15 minutes to unpack once we're there. It's 45 minutes back and often the kids are going to need some sort of food on the way there as well. And we're going to take time to stop there. We'll probably have to go and get a snack at the end, which is going to take half an hour. Invariably it takes half an hour to get there. Plus it's a five or 10 minute walk away from where the cars park. So really like at the end of all that, once the time we're back and we're going to be back by 11.30 and then we'll be in a rush. And as soon as we're in a rush, I find that she gets really stressed and I don't want her to be stressed because it's Sunday. Like I just want a nice relaxing morning. So with all of that, we're going to get about 35 minutes or 45 minutes at the beach. Is all this effort actually worth it? She's going to be rushed and stressed. We're not going to have a restful Sunday. It's actually not the best idea right now. I could see that it's important to spend time with the family, but, and then the answer, like that's all happened in about two seconds. And then he says, nah, <laughs> to the answer of like, do you want to go to the beach? And so this idea that, oh, my husband's so closed off from me and they're not talking to me. It's like, he's actually considering everything that needs to be considered, but it's completely inefficient to explain it all. And sometimes you've just got to ask why three or four times and you'll get the answer. And you say, hey, I just want a really cool explanation for that. And obviously you've thought about this a lot. Can you please explain it to me? Mm. So uh, these, these bodies, generally they're leaner. Um, and when you're skinnier, of course you have to look after yourself more because no one's going to like, you don't have a fat store to protect other people with. So you've got to look after yourself when you're smaller. Um, and so they're a little bit selfish, but in a, in a, in an okay way, um, they deal better with carbohydrates. They deal better with more protein. Um, they deal better with more frequent meals throughout the day. And, but everything about their world is about 
getting their job done. And so um, this is where, uh, like just understanding those four types will really help you. But then we've got the, the connector and the sensor. So the, the, the sensor is, is similar to a crusader, but they're smaller again, like a ballet dancer. And so very fine, very delicate, very elegant, uh, both male and female. And uh, they have got the smallest amount of muscle, the smallest amount of fat tissue, the smallest amount of bone. And so they have to look after themselves at all costs. And instead of it being about the mission now, it's purely about desensitizing their brain. Because when you've got a smaller body like this, you don't have the guardian's protection. You need, um, you need to protect yourself with another organ, but it's not going to be physical. And interestingly, what they develop compensating for their smaller body is a very, very powerful brain and very, very heightened nervous system, essentially. So that when a stimulant comes in like noise or cold or anything that disrupts their internal state, they don't have much buffer zone. They feel it instantly. And the role for them community-wise in the tribe was to always be thinking and sensing things before anyone else was so they could get ahead of the danger. Because the guardians don't move as fast. But the sensors can be aware of that. And essentially what they need to do is they need to pick up what's going on so that they can plan and logically get a safe plan in place so that they don't even get into a physical encounter. So they've always got enough food. These are the accountants. These are the ration packers. So to make sure the community's got enough food and labeling things correctly and everything's got to be just so and logical so that it provides safety through information and so their environment is, is uh, not threatening them at all. And so they'll have a very logical mind. Um, but at the same time, if they can get out of their left brain and into their right brain, they'll be incredibly creative. And they are the ultimate empaths. They just feel everything that's going on for people around them. And they have no choice in that. Um, and that they just like a, I like to think of them like a, like a satellite dish, just receiving all of the things coming in and it just resonating through their body like they don't have a choice so they've got to be really careful of how warm they are and you'll see them with four scarves in summer if it's air conditioned inside you know like they're just consciously conscious of their body they're always analyzing they've got lots of digestive issues and and really understanding all of those processes you can eliminate those problems very quickly what and I so think we go quite, for, sorry cam just what i think is quite right. interesting there is a great example of a body type that um really doesn't suit some health recommendations like this raw food, right, which works really well for some people, or cold food, you know, going on a raw mm. food diet. But for a sensor, that, that would really not work for their body type. Would that be right? Well, exactly right. They've got a cold body. Like generally, it's cold. They've got a weaker digestive system generally. They don't produce as much stomach acid. So breaking down raw vegetable matter is tough. And particularly when all of their energy is in their brain because they're trying to think about everything so that they can stay ahead of everything. They don't have much reserve blood for their gut. And so dumping in a whole lot of cold, raw food it will ruin their energy. And they might last on it for a little while, but uh, it'll essentially just end up them being run down. And they'll be thinking, I eat perfectly. Like I'm following every instruction in this booklet I have on raw food veganism, <laughs> when in fact their body needs warm, slow-cooked meats, vegetables, root veg, you know, things that provide real substance because they have very little substance on their body. They need to make sure it's constantly coming in from the outside. Whereas the guardian and diplomat bodies do incredibly well with raw food, um, but they are much more vegetarian in their eating. Whereas the activator and the connectors, they do much better with uh, higher meat consumption and more frequently. But then also the connectors, which we'll go to now, they're the opposite of the sensor. If the sensor is worried about you know, essentially they need to be quite aloof because they are surrounding by people and lots of things that they get very tired. Connectors are the ultimate socializers, the ultimate. Um, they are so good at understanding people and helping them feel good. And they have a, uh, a flood of oxytocin going through their system that makes them feel fantastic, which makes them want to bond and connect with people all of the time. Um, and they've got a body that's more stable. It's, uh, it's muscular and it's round and it's a bit thicker than the sinewy activator who's shorter and quite athletic. This is also a very athletic body, but it's thicker. And normally they hold a bit more weight in their upper body through their trunk, a wider torso. And they need that stability 
for the amount of energy they expend in their social endeavors. They can do any kind of exercise at most times of day. They need to eat sort of three to four meals per day. They need to be careful with their carbohydrate intake just because they've got an influence from the Guardian coming through. Um, but their currency, and this is what I've found because crusaders are all about must get the job done. And even as a health professional, I'd be saying must deliver information, must make sure that it all makes sense. Whereas a connector's experience is how can we make this fun? Like how can, what can I do about my food that would be more fun? What can I do about my exercise that would be more fun? And as soon as you inject that, that now creates the sense of feeling that their body is searching for, which is what it's designed to do, which is socializing and fun and, uh, and happiness. Um, as soon as you inject that, the decisions around food and exercise become a lot easier. And we don't actually start with food and exercise with this body. We start with their social and we start with their mind so that they can really enjoy you know, the body and the mind that they're in and really take advantage of their strengths. Cam, can I just give an example of that that happened to me? That actually the, the penny dropped for me after I uh, did, did the last training. As I'm mm. a connector and at the end of last year, I was... Um, my daughter, my second daughter went to school and I suddenly got five days of work, which meant, um, yep. you know, working on my business and I work from home. So I had two, one or two less days where I was with my daughter and we were going out and doing social things on those days. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've got five whole days. How exciting. But what actually happened at the end of last year is that I got almost like writer's block. I got really uninspired by sitting at home for five days which is what I thought that I'd really want to have all this time and it wasn't until last week that I realized the reason that I was so uninspired is that I dropped off a whole social element um, mm. to my life because I get en energy from being with other people even yeah. you know, through through my kids and things and that working from home on my own is actually really uninspiring for me and what yeah. I find really interesting about the app is that um, it says you need to go and see people and be with people from nine to 10 in the morning or so actually physically see people for you to feel inspired and for, for your own health. And it was um, such a um, eye-opening moment for me to mm. realize that that's really a factor in my health to, to be with other people. And that's definitely not how it is for all all of the health types, but um, I could really notice for me um, that was a really big change. Totally. And like, if we flip that and go to the sensor, like that's so beautiful that you've experienced that and you tap into it, you flip it for the sensor, it will drain them hard to, to spend time with people because they just want to be by themselves and protect their energy. They don't have that energy to give. And this is the beautiful thing as well is that just being consciously aware that people make you feel good and knowing that it's satisfying you down to the core when you go and see people, it's already in your mind as well of I'm here to see people to energize. And all of a sudden you lift, like you get this compound effect of the awareness and the action together. Yes. Um, but the most beautiful thing about this is it's not just a placebo of, I think this is going to make me feel good. So it is, it's, there's a part of that, but it's also, this is what your body is actually designed to do. And when you do what your body's designed to do, there's a, a very deep congruence uh, with with the feeling of these actions, um, yeah. and this is this is the uh, it's it really gives you that control back, which is what we're all searching for in a lot of ways. Yeah, I, I yeah, I think it's really. I mean, I like you know there is an, um, you know a very positive impact of doing this program and having weight loss, which some people come and do, and I almost think that people don't associate changing lifestyle things with changing your body shape. You know, it's usually like I have food and exercise and those two things will make my body and my health change. But what I love is um, maybe do you want to just mention the lifestyle factors that are included in the, yeah. in the app that, that are considered yeah. for you to kind of take note of? For sure. And so, and so there's uh, six major categories. Um, number one is your, obviously not number one, but just in no random order. Um, uh, food, exercise, obviously you get right down to the exact type of vegetable that is going to be best for your genes right now. And that changes as you change, which is cool. Um, the type and timing of your exercise. Um, it's also gets into how your mind naturally works. So the brain zone, the functional areas of your brain that light up more so that if you know that your brain works a certain way, like the reason why I feel flow when I present is because my, my right temporal is a lot more active than anything else. And right temporal lobe is about intonation 
and changing my tonality to create a particular response in a group. It's, it's my natural talent and focus of my brain to be talking and be talking in an expressive way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is where, um, uh, yeah, so we, have, we go into the mind and that gives us a lot of information about how your brain will naturally function better as well, whether it be social, whether it be problem solving, whether it be logical systems and structures, whether it be doing multitasking, uh, that changes the different people. Uh, and then we've got the genius section, which is essentially how you can interact better at work, but also when you should do things through the day. And I'll have to say, this is like I'm crusaders are very much about productivity. When I do my genius and, and do it to the timing that I do it, I get, one and a half times the work done and I feel like I haven't worked. It's Mm -hmm. just, it is because my neurochemistry is mapping to the task that I'm doing. Um, And this is where having like an understanding of that, like it's so invaluable because you just don't know otherwise. Like you, you don't know when you should be doing emails versus when you should be doing your biggest tasks. You might have a bit of an understanding, but it, it, there's no way you can get to the level of specificity unless you've been really analyzing it for many, many years. And then the physical environment as well is another big part of it. So some individuals respond incredibly well to natural environments and they need, you know, lots of greenery and lots of shrubbery and lots of natural elements to the house. Whereas a crusader, if we had a look around my apartment right now, there is nothing of that. Like I just need a place for my laptop and I'm good. But in my, in my environment, it just says you need to be surrounded by productive people in a diplomat's environment. It says you need natural qualities. Whereas, um, you know, in, a, in an activator's environment, you'd be surrounded by people that excite you. And then we have the social section as well as to um, the type of people that you're really going to resonate with and you can, uh, the, the, the way that you're going to socialize. Like I had one activator, it said in their profile, sometimes you may be a little bit emotional and you express things that can come out uh, that can be perceived as anger. And they said, I'm not angry, but my wife is always telling me that I'm angry. And it was just this big thing of, oh, that's just my body expressing. That's how I express. I express directly and I express bluntly. And if you know that about yourself, one is you can just be okay with it. Two is you can say, well, how is it influencing the people around me? And if you've got a diplomat partner who takes everything to heart and thinks about things for a week before then coming back to the conversation and talking about it later, you do want to measure what you say because they're really going to think about every word that you used and remember it and then talk about it later. Whereas the activate is just about it's off my chest now and it's gone and I'm, I'm happy to move on. Having that deeper knowing of yourself, it really just gives you permission to be you. Uh, and from there, uh, the, the relationship that you have, the communication that you can have can really improve. It's mm. yeah. interesting. And you touched on this area of chronobiology, which is like the order that we do things in a day. And yeah. it sounds like that can have a really big um, impact on your health just by changing the order that you do things. Do you want to share a little bit on that? Yeah, I would say um, the, uh, the chronobiology, like I've been, I'd been in dietetic and exercise physiology practice for six years, six to seven years before I even came across PA360. And I would say now that 80% of the results that I get, which are far better than what they used to be, um, and I didn't think I was a bad clinician back then, um, is due to the timing of when you eat and when you exercise, the timing of when you sleep and those three things. And so um, how you manage your energy levels and your, your food throughout the day. Some people are designed to have six frequent meals throughout the day. And if they don't, they lose energy and they burn out. Another body is designed to have their biggest meal at lunch, a moderate breakfast and no dinner. And they thrive on it. And they are a completely different body. They actually are meant to have this smallest meal, whereas the other six meal a day was meant to have their largest meal at night. And then you've got, um, so, and just understanding that some people should be having lunch at 2 to 4 p.m., not 12 to 2. And when you make that change, there's what's called a chronobiological synchronization of your central clock and all of the peripheral clocks in your body as well. Everything's keeping time in your body your gut, your liver, your pancreas. And when all of those clocks sync up, that's when your hormones go, ah, there is no immediate stress. Because the only reason you would operate outside your normal rhythm is if there was a stress. And so it assumes that if you're operating outside your rhythm, you're stressed. And so this is why we see with shift workers as a perfect example, 
you go shift working, your risk of cancer, premature death, and the comorbidities of metabolic syndrome all increase by 30% just by doing shift work. Mm. And so this is because you're getting out of sync with your clocks. And the same thing happens with your food, with your exercise. And we've seen people go from, you know, half a kilo. We had actually, I'll give you a perfect example of this week. A lady came in, she'd been working with a dietitian and exercise person for the last year. She lost three kilos. She fixed up the timing of her food and stopped exercising just because she's waiting for the timing to, to be good. And she's lost three kilos in eight days. Wow. And it's because her hormones have now gone, everything's okay now. I can release that weight because the weight is there to protect them. So as soon as there's no need to protect because the environment's safe, the fat tissue can come off as well. And this is the difference. We see astronomical improvements. And this is the this is the control bit. Like this is where you can actually start to feel your body and what it needs is by knowing the time and, and getting that right. It makes such a difference. That's so fascinating. I mean, I think quite a few of us are primed to live our day in a way that most people live it and have lunch and exactly. dinner. And, you know, so we've kind of, our bodies have got used to a way that might not be natural. So it is maybe sometimes, um, that feels a bit unnatural to move to to what is naturally best for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and 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 like corporate world is get to work early, work as hard as you can. You know, go home, look after the kids. It's not come in at nine after a really chilled morning and work till seven, mm. um, and then have someone else look after the kids, like a community look after the kids, yeah. so that you can finish the work and then come back. Like it's not, it, we're not set up. But with the, with the work that we've been doing with companies, we've been making those changes, which has been phenomenal. Yeah, that was actually my next question is, how is this program benefiting um, corporates or doctors or um, personal trainers or coaches? How does how knowing these biotypes helping people in the way they work with other people? Well, yeah, it's um, probably it makes tension now funny. Because uh, obviously at work, you've got, um, like obviously we'll just talk about work for a second. We'll have an office space and someone's doing something incredibly annoying. And then we just say, Oh, look at their profile. It says they're, they're going to express really directly and really bluntly. And they're also going to want to niggle you. Like they're going to want to create debate where there doesn't need to be debate. Cause that's the way their brain works. And they're like, Oh my God, that makes so much more sense. And there's a level of acceptance that comes and it's like relationships aren't hard. You've just got to assume that no one is the same as you and accept everyone the way they are. Simple, right? <laughs> but it's not that simple. We need reasons. We need, because we are, our ego gets in the road, but that's what it is. And essentially this tool gives you a biological reason as to why that person is different and why you receive it so differently as well with your biology. And then when it comes to health professionals, you know, if you've got some, a guardian, guardians just want to hang out with you and nurture you, even though they're your client. They just want to spend time and they'll know your birthday better than you do. They'll know your kids' birthdays better than you. They'll bring your brownies. But as a health professional, you need to provide them another family member in you. You need to be a family member for them, catch up with them frequently and spend more time with them and not be boring science all of the time, but it be a nurturing relationship. Whereas with a crusader, it's, right, mate, we're going to have three sessions and I don't want to see you for two years. And they're like, sweet, that's exactly what I want because I really would prefer to not spend any more time with you than I need to. And so as a health professional, straight away, you can navigate the kind of relationship that you need, but also from a disease predisposition, we've trained doctors all the way through to life coaches. And um, essentially, if you know who you're sitting in front of, you can get to their health so much faster. You can understand disease so much faster, understand what they've got to do so much faster. And there's no guesswork because the whole platform is designed to take the guesswork out of it so that you can know exactly what you need to do. It's such a fascinating area. And I'd, I mean, it's developing all the time. What, what would you say is the future of personalized health from, from where you're sitting? Cause I know you're deep in the research and you're deep in the yeah. medical and scientific background and, and in epigenetics, what, what is the future we can expect in this space? Right. Well, in, in the next few years, um, essentially we're going to stop, we, we will be talking about health types for a while, but eventually we'll, we'll stop talking about health types and we'll just be talking about the individual and what their particular circumstances are right now. And some of the things that we're achieving right now that will become a lot more automated in the future is 
well, this person's got this particular condition, right? They need this medication at this time in this dose for two days. And then they need to come off that. We check this blood specifically for them. This blood is going to be more relevant here. And we're going to make this change and we're going to see what happens there. And they'll essentially workshop diseases away with precision medicine. But then from a consumer base, like the Shea app, what it's going to do in the next couple of years is it'll like you'll wake up and they'll say, oh, you had like a pretty poor sleep last night. You're like a, like an hour under the quality that you would need. Um, would you like to adjust for these changes today? And it's like, yes, great. Thanks very much. And so it says, excellent. So what you want to do first is when, you've, when you're underslept, you need to hydrate a bit more specifically for your body. So go and get this particular lemon or lime, put it in some water, and I want you to have this breakfast. And these are the reasons why you want to have that breakfast. And then, oh, I noticed that you did some exercise as well. I'd recommend that you do some lower intensity stuff, just being underslept. You don't want to push your body too much. Um, and then it'll adjust your lunch portions and say, oh, lunch is coming up in half an hour based on your exercise this morning and your sleep. This is now what you should probably have to optimize everything that's going on in your system based off your heart rate that's going on right now. Um, would you like to order that in or would you like to check your smart fridge to see what's in there and we could make recipes out of your smart fridge? Wow. Um, and then we go through it's so cool. And then we go through to the afternoon and it's like, oh, you've been in a stressful period of time over the last hour. Do you want to take care of that right now? It's like, oh, yes, please. And it'll play a song that's relevant to your type of brainwave that's <laughs> going to relax you. Uh, and then it'll say, right, just stay here for a few minutes. Awesome. Like that's now been covered. And so instead of accumulating stress for 30 years, you just wipe it away after every couple of hours. And so this is the way we sustain health. But it's got to be you know, in a way that doesn't make you think about it all the time. And, and that's what the technology really provides. And like those things that I was talking about, they seem a bit far-fetched, Like they are, they are already coded. It's just a matter of it uh, getting to the point where they'll, they'll come into the technology we've got right now. So there are so many cool things coming and, and, and it's so exciting to be part of the, the leading kind of uh, line of that with PH360. Oh, it is. it is. I mean, even the app that is there now is so amazing on what's, yeah. what you provide um, in terms of foods to avoid, foods to eat, recipes, exercise programs. I mean, it is incredibly elaborate. And um, mm. yeah, it's exciting that it's just going to continue to grow. I'm conscious of time, even though I could speak to you literally yeah. all day on this topic. Do you have any final words of wisdom um, in this area of, of PH360 or... Um, for our listeners on purpose or anything that yeah. you want to share? Yeah, I would definitely say that um, specifically related to purpose and, and that is, you know, why you're here and what you're on the planet to do, like what you really feel is your mission and it could be a work thing, it could be a family thing, whatever that is, uh, there's no health type related to that. Uh, what you really feel like you want to achieve is very much uniquely you how you go about achieving that purpose, if you do it in a way where you co-opt your natural strengths, it will actually be very easy and you'll enjoy the ride. And it's, you'll know when you are not in your genius and not in your flow, even if you feel like you're heading in the right direction, you'll know that it's not you or not the way you should, your body should be doing it when it's, when it's grinding and hard and, and it's creating sadness in your life. And so, what the quickest way to understand your biology and what your natural strengths will be is, is definitely this platform. Uh, and, and really the whole purpose of PH360 is to give you that knowledge so that you can then go and achieve the things that you want to. Like it's, it's about being a tool that frees up your potential and gives you the time, the space, the health uh, to, to take control of your, of your life and, and to just to do the activities that you find fun or, or find that are really important to you. Oh, what amazing final words. Thank you, Cam. I really resonate with that because I think we can all think of times when we were out of alignment, trying to move forward with something in a certain way that actually wasn't right for, for who we were and how we're meant to express ourselves in the world. So that's, that's a great little insight. And I think people are probably interested now in how can I find out more? How can I get an idea of what health type I might be? And where can we go from here? Awesome. So, um, as far as understanding your, your health type, my definite advice is to, uh, whether you're going through Simone or uh, whether you're going to PH360 itself, um, is to go on and do the full PH360 assessment. 
Um, there is a, a three-minute test, which gives you a rough idea. It's a conversation starter uh, called the health type test. It's a good intro, but my strong recommendation, if you really want the insights of the specificity of you, then you want to do the, the full profile, uh, which is incredibly affordable. Um, and, uh, and once you start there, like I, I would reach out to Simone. Um, and if there's a flood of traffic, then obviously you can, you can bring in some other people as well. But we've got lots of health professionals around the place that can help you to really make sense of this and, um, and, and really give it a go. There's anything from a, a little 10-day starter pack right through to a, a year subscription. Uh, all are incredibly um, valuable and, and, and very affordable. And it's, it's well worth your investigation and time to, to give it a go for four weeks, for sure. It is. It, it is. It's an amazing resource. And I'll post the links to those and to um, you know, any research that might be of interest to people um, in, this, in the show notes. So thank you so much, Cam. You are just a plethora of amazing knowledge and it's just um, such a, a gift to have you here to share some of that with me and my audience. So thank you so much. Uh, the honour is all mine, Simone. Thank you so much for having me. 